Hey, welcome to the Newport Folk Podcast, uh, season six. My name is Dan, and I'm excited to say this season we're going to try out a new format that most of the episodes will follow. Basically, each episode we're going to ask a folk alum to take a look at a list of every other artist that's ever played Newport since the first festival all the way up to the most recent one and pick an artist to highlight and cover one, maybe two of their songs. And really the purpose is to continue in the folk tradition of passing down songs and connecting the music and artists that have influenced this current generation. And so this first episode, we were incredibly fortunate to have Mandolin Orange. We met up at their show in Boston on November 23rd at the Schubert Theater. And we recorded upstairs, uh, there's this long hallway of small, almost like closet-sized dressing rooms. And they're really meant for, um, you know, big theater productions when you have a ton of actors and actresses that need their own dressing rooms. But when it's just a band playing, they're all empty and it can make it feel a little bit haunted. But for the purpose of a podcast, it all worked out. The acoustics were great uh, and it was a fun time. So please enjoy the episode and thanks as always for listening. All right, we're here at the Schubert Theater in Boston with Andrew and Emily of Mandolin Orange. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. All right, well, the premise is pretty simple. We asked you guys to take a look at the list of every artist that's ever played Newport Folk, pick one artist to highlight and cover a song. So who do you guys choose and, and why? Yeah, we chose uh, the super dark song by uh, Leonard Cohen because uh, it's kind of of been on our mind lately i feel like this song is is one of the more haunting songs i've ever heard and uh yeah it just seemed like a fun one to do fun in a in a very dark way <laughs> yeah and so uh what made you choose leonard cohen in particular um he's just such an inspiration lyrically I'd, i've always said that his he has the ability to take like three words and spin like an infinite amount of meaning with just three words. Um, and I, I love that. I think it's something that I strive to do in my own songwriting where like you can just apply so many different angles to one phrase. And uh, so it's not too specific, but it still says a lot. And I think that's a beautiful thing that Leonard Cohen does better than anybody. I think his, when he, his own performances of his own material have such a distinct sound and his his voice and and the way that the songs are put together that it's fun to cover his tunes because they just automatically come out sounding so different from his virgin because you can't really get anywhere close to to his um so yeah it's sort of like the example and the most popular example being hallelujah i think of jeff buckley yeah covering it and i think probably 75% of people don't know that that's a cover when they first hear it. Yeah. Um, and then eventually are blown away by the song and find out more about it. But you're right. I mean, that version sounds nothing like Leonard Cohen's and it's a completely different song for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, in this song in particular, you know, with the, we were in the band been talking a lot about the passing of Jeff Austin and Neil Casal and what that's done to the musical community. And I, it just got me thinking about how how much being a tour musician sometimes can just just weigh on you internally and like what you're having to put out in the public in this this persona you kind of try to keep up for the sake of other people while internally you might not feel any anything remotely close to what you're putting out there and I you know it is a struggle and I think it's nice to 
to have people around that keep you honest and that you can talk to. And uh, the song that we chose, it's called Seems So Long Ago, Nancy, and it just like embodies that so well where we, I mean, you'll hear it in the song. But Yeah, you guys want to play it and then we'll talk a little bit more after? <coughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. It seemed so long ago Nancy was alone Looking at the late, late show Through a semi-precious stone In the house of honesty Her father was on in the house of mystery there was no one at all there was no one at all and it seemed so long ago none of us were strong Nancy wore green stockings And she slept with everyone She never said she'd wait for us Although she was alone I think she fell in love for us In 1960 
So now you look around you You see her everywhere Many used her body hollow of the night when you are cold and numb you'll hear her talking freely then she's happy that you've come she's happy that you've come That was Leonard Cohen's Seems So Long Ago Nancy uh, by Mandolin Orange. Do you guys remember when you first became aware of it or you first heard it? I do, yeah. I was actually, um, I remember when I first learned it actually, um, was just one night, like it was like two o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep, and I was like, ah, screw it, I'm going to learn this song. So I did and could not go to sleep after it because it just, I just felt haunted after that. And, uh, and it still has that feeling for me when when I play it and every time I hear it. And I was introduced to the song by Andrew and I think it was the first Leonard Cohen song I knowingly learned. It was kind of my introduction to Leonard Cohen. Do you guys have a, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you have a favorite lyric or one that stands out in particular? Yeah, <clears throat> that line, uh, I think, where it says many used her body, many combed her hair. I feel like that is such a heavy statement. and. I think metaphorically speaking, it could just be taken so many ways and kind of gets back to what I was saying about being a performer where you're, you're always giving yourself up to people, you know, it's like you, um, anytime you almost have to like keep up an image and in some ways. And, and I, 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 that's kind of what I take from that lyric where she was just always giving herself to people and never truly like letting them see the side of her that was suffering and, and living in this this dark place, right. always always giving, probably never taking or yeah. asking for anything in return. Yeah. Do you have anything uh, particular lyric? I um, had one, but then I started listening to what you guys were saying, <laughs> and now I can't remember what it was. Um, I mean, it's just a couple words, but the the line about a forty five beside her head, an open telephone, like mm-hmm. that, the open telephone part of that always is just really um dark but i i feel like it really concisely sums up um what you hear a lot of people say who who deal with suicidal thoughts and um just that 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 feels like the only escape that that could be the only outlet Mm. and um it's like your link to the world is such a it's a lot of desperation in that one lyric. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a like you said, it's a topical subject too because I think people in the music industry and people fans are starting to realize that artists are under immense pressure and need the resources and the outlets to deal with uh, mental uh, issues, and that it can't be a taboo subject to talk about suicide or uh, any sort of mental problem. So it's almost like Leonard Cohen was using this song as a way of getting people to sort of talk about it and sing about it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful tune. 
Yeah. I want to ask a quick question about the arrangement that you guys chose to do too, because I noticed that you have capos on your guitars, but they're at two different places for those that can't see, obviously they're listening. Um, what goes through your head when you're deciding to arrange a cover? Is that something that he did with a guitarist or you guys decided on? Well, we almost never play two guitars, um, on a song. Usually I'm playing fiddle or Andrew's playing mandolin, but one of the most thing, fun, one of the most fun things, uh, when we do play a song like this is that we can play in the really awkward keys that are like fun to sing in, but right. you know, playing in G sharp on the fiddle is not that fun. Oh, okay, um, right, right, but, right. uh, so here we just, I'm, I'm caboed on the first fret low and just like, holding down more of the rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a nice way to separate the guitars from each other, um, where Andrew's capoed up much higher and doing the finger picking part. It just, it fills the sonic space a little more than if we were both just strumming it out. Yeah. And I, for some reason, whenever I sit down to play the guitar, I always capo up really high. And I, I wonder if it's just because I mainly play mandolin, so <laughs> it kind of puts it in that range and right. uh, makes the strings feel a little tighter and the, it just makes the top uh, react in a, in a in a different way. And I guess we should point out too: not everyone might know what a capo is. It basically it's a thing that you attach to a guitar to make the guitar uh, into a different key. I guess is the best way to explain yeah. it, or yeah. or to shift up the key of the guitar. Like um, shortens the fretboard. Short, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a better way of putting it. So that's really interesting. Are there were there any other artistic decisions? I know you guys obviously harmonized. Were there? How do you establish those things when you're playing? It's funny because we um, we chose this song. We already knew it and have, I mean, we've probably played it at five times on stage ever, but we worked it out maybe like probably around 11 years ago when we first met. Um, so I don't remember a ton of that. Like it probably wasn't that conscious of a decision, anything that we did with singing it. It's just the way it came out. Um, I love like coming in on the harmony on that part where it goes to the... Um, to the four chord um, just it feels like it's in the middle of the verse but it feels like the At biggest part of the song yeah. yeah and I'm assuming he doesn't have harmonies I haven't heard the actual original he doesn't no have I think harmonies. with him it's just a classical guitar his uh, Leonard Cohen voice and, uh, <laughs> and I definitely an electric think... bass I think it's electric bass on that one as well I don't think we have, I don't think we play all the right chords either. No, it's kind of it's like our interpretation. sort of folkified a little bit. Yep, yep, totally. Cool. I, I need to check what years he played Newport. I want to say late 60s. Um, there's sort of a famous photo of him playing, or him hugging Joni Mitchell. Um, cool. And I think he was one of the three or four artists that were um, on a specific stage that was curated by Judy Collins that was called up and coming performers and it was um judy uh joni mitchell leonard cohen and james taylor and then there was one more i can't remember who it was but awesome. i mean just imagine like coming that's to incredible. a folk festival and yeah. seeing those people as like the highlighted artists that's i mean yeah, yeah. all right do you have anything else you guys want to say about the song or about leonard cohen or any album that you would recommend people if uh, they want to get into him Definitely Songs from a Room is a really good album. Cool. That's the one that I started with. Yeah. You in agreement? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thank mm -hmm. you.
Leonard Cohen played the Newport Folk Festival in 1967. Mandolin Orange played in 2014 and 2017. And just a quick correction, uh, Leonard Cohen was introduced to Joni Mitchell for the first time uh, by Judy Collins backstage at the 1967 Newport Folk Festival, but he didn't play that up-and-coming singer-songwriter session. That actually happened two years later, uh, and it was hosted by Judy Collins, but featured Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, and Van Morrison. So sorry about that. And just another note, because it did come up a couple times in the episode, if you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or a loved one, or would like emotional support, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, available 24-7 across the United States. That's 1-800-273-TALK. And if you're a musician or you work in the music industry, we highly recommend checking out Backline.care. It's a website with mental health and wellness resources for the music industry. But thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next episode.